Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Livigno to Levy. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Hello, folks. Once again, it's time for the Livigno to Levy podcast. And on today's episode, we are going to talk about Ulas Levy. I am your host, Teemu Virtanen, and my special guest today is Mikko Koutaniemi, a former athlete himself and currently the race director of Ulas Levy. It's really good to have you on, on our show, Mikko. So I know you live in Rovaniemi, north of Finland, but uh, do you guys have any snow out there at the moment? Yeah, we actually do have some artificial snow at the moment, about five kilometer loop. It's pretty good at that point. So Mikko, Ulles Levi, at this stage, we are now getting close to the end of the year. Of course, the winter is kind of getting started. Uh, here in Lahtim, in my hometown, we had a really cold day today, but still no snow. And you just mentioned that there's a little bit of snow up there in Rovaniemi. But how does it look uh, for for the race itself at the moment? For sure, it's a quite a long journey to get to the point when we are letting the athletes to the track. But uh, at this point, Everything that should be done is done already. So nowadays we are just waiting to get the normal snow conditions in Lapland. Like we used to have normal, at least quite a lot of snow. Like in last year where we canceled the race, we had uh, amazing snow conditions. And uh, for example, the weather has been the quite perfect almost every year so that's something we need to just uh, keep our thumbs up to get the conditions good and uh, uh, of course the weather also any changes in the pipeline for your race i mean any course changes any other changes that you would like to share with us yeah uh, yeah there was actually uh, one sprint point should be done already this year but for the next year we will do it so there will be one climb in the first uphill in kukas tunturi was first uphill normally but now it's kellostapulinkuru so it's uh, about eight kilometers from start we have the first uphill sprint point and then we have the normally sprint point at akaswampolo uh, and then, uh, then the Kukas is the second uphill sprint. And uh, we are not having the Pyhäjärvi, the normal sprint point at all. So the course itself, it's basically the only difference is that we are not going to the Pyhäjärvi lake because of the sprint point is not longer anymore there. So that's why. But the length is still exactly the same. Yeah, it's only a few hundred meters less than normal. So it will stay at 70 kilometer race. 
What about the final stretch uh, of the course? At, I know that at some point there were some discussions about changing it a little bit, at least for this this year. But as you said, you know, the race got cancelled. It was supposed to go over the lake uh, before before Levy. But is that still the case or are we still getting the old old course? Yeah, we will stay in the old course because there was like a, one bridge in the last kilometer where... It wasn't in that shape that we could do the race from that bridge. So, but it has been repaired now, and we are we get the green light to use it again. So, we will stay the the original track that we used to have earlier. Speaking of the track or the course, of course, it's uh, it's track the course that a lot of our uh, pro team athletes like very much because it's a pretty varied uh, course all it has pretty much everything but how would you as a former skier and current uh, race director and you've also been uh, the, uh, the the director of the course uh, and uh, so how would you describe the course yeah for me it's uh super excited to hear that so many athletes have been said that it's one of the best courses and uh, they like the whole venue and the atmosphere and uh, things like that so that's the most important thing for us but of course it's quite a challenging to do the whole course for both you mean i mean like or the pro teams, athletes, and then the amateurs. So we kind of like to have those fields that we have in Lapland. We don't want to uh, go around them. We want to cross them over. But uh, we need to discuss and think about those kind of amateur skiers who are who haven't been skiing that much yet. So it's it's kind of challenging but but uh like when i done it first time with the skido the whole course i i was thinking that how how, how could they double fall this few uphills like kukas tunturi and then the tunturi uphill in the end of the race but now when i'm seeing it's uh i just have to take my head off and it's something amazing what for example, Peter Eliasen did like the first race. He went that uphill so fast that I could done it with the Skido even that far. Indeed, they are really a double polling machines, and we will actually uh, get a chance to listen to uh, the, the comments from some of our uh, podium skiers a little bit later on. But a little bit more about the, the course itself. Have you ever got any complaints from the the regular, the amateur skiers, as you just said, about the course? or any other feedback or comments you've got from regular folks yeah most of them are they are afraid of the downhills they are not <laughs> like for me it's much more harder to <laughs> go uphills but the amateurs are more afraid of the downhills but we've been doing some preparations yeah, or you pre fix the downhills a bit yeah we've been fixing those downhills a bit so they are more wide and uh, you can see those the whole course uh, better because there are not so many trees around the track so 
they are quite safe in that point. So if you done it like the first year, if you compare to, for example, this year, it's much more safe and everyone has chance to uh, slow down in the downhills. So it's it's not that bad. Everyone should be able to do the course. Like the first first five kilometers has been quite uh, challenging at first time, but when of course it was quite icy also so if we if we are getting some that kind of issues that it's going to be icy then we will groom the track so it won't be that ice and uh, it won't be that challenging for the amateur skiers but most of them have been liking and loving the track so it's i think the one of the challenging things for the amateurs is that when they are using the kick wax and we're starting quite early in the morning and they are coming in the afternoon the finish line so you might have like minus five degrees in the start and plus five degrees in the finish area and you have like quite wet snow in some part and up in the field it could be like quite dry snow so it's quite a challenging for the skiers to pick up the ski and have good good waxing and everything like that. Do you think that skin skis could be a good selection for amateur skiers in those particular conditions? Because it is, as you said, quite late in the springtime. Yeah, I would be uh, recommending those kind of things because it's quite, uh, you get like, if I'm scaling from one to 10, I would say that it's around eight at all time if you're using the skin skis. So if you're not 100% sure that your gliding skills are and the, the waxing skills are at that level, then you might use the skin skis. And they're probably a good selection. Of course, you have to have a good pair, uh, yes, just sure. the right stiffness and every, everything. Uh, what could be the, uh, your favorite or maybe the most, the, the, the most favorite section of the course based on the feedback that you got and, and also your favorite? Because it's a 70k k long course that has pretty much everything, flats and climbs and downhills as well, as you just said. Yeah, for sure. It would be nice to see those few downhills when they uh, athletes are going down. But uh, it's quite a tricky for the camera and uh, snowmobile to have recording that bad part because it's quite a fast. They are going perhaps even faster than the Skido those athletes itself but uh, the last uphill in Pyhätunturi that's uh, one part that I would love to see and it's uh, so tough and uh, it's like 1.7 kilometers and it's quite steep uphill and it's uh, you've been skiing uh, around 55 kilometers at that point so that would be one the, I would say that most exciting point at this race and toughness wise since you've done quite a lot of uh, cor- uh, races and, and and you experienced a lot of uh, courses yourself uh, when you were racing and we'll talk about that as well uh, because you used to be a really good skier uh, uh, but how would you rank Ulas Levy among uh, the other Visma Ski Classics courses in terms of the toughness yeah I have done like about five more, five other races 
from that point, but I haven't done the then restart lock bit. I've heard that and seen that it's even more tougher than this one, but I would rank that maybe we are number two in the toughness if you compare to tracks. So, and we <laughs> we are not we, we don't even want to be like number one for the toughness. Yeah, I think that title goes to Reistelö, but it is definitely a, a tough, tough uh, race. Maybe Pirke could be like quite same level that we have. Uh, Pirke could be in tough conditions. It is, it is a yeah. tough race because yeah. it's a long, long climb, and we also have to uh, take the, you know, the the wind factor into account. That quite often it's pretty windy yeah. up there when you uh, climb, which could be the case in in, in your race as well. Yeah. But the the, those sections are quite short when you kind of reach the top of the top of the fiel. Yeah. Uh, so that's not a, that big of a factor. So we don't have that wind issue that much, but but we can have like uh, quite warm temp- temperature during the race. So it could be like uh, winning time could be even more than forty minutes faster or slower than last year or something like that. So indeed, uh, Ulas Levi is a, is a tough race. Uh, it's a it's a great race. But let's talk about the impact, the importance of this particular race, uh, particularly for our country. You are from Finland. I am from Finland, uh, and it's still a relatively new race. It started out uh, actually in 2016, and the 2017 was the first year when it became uh, part of the Vismaski Classics. So uh, pretty young young race. Uh, what is the impact this particular long distance race, this Muskie Classics event, uh, has put on, on, on our cross country skiing culture? Yeah, I think that in Finland we should have also one ski classic races. For example, Vasa Loppet is so old and traditional, and that's something that we haven't had in Finland in many years. So. I think it's quite important that we now we have all our own Visma uh, Ski Classic race in calendar. And of course, it's uh, nice to have it in Lapland, the best area to build that kind of race in Finland. So I'm happy about that. When you say Lapland, uh, of course, we know what Lapland is and most of our skiers do know that as well. Uh, but could you... Uh, um, Elaborate on that a little bit more. Why Lapland? I think the whole territory is quite uh, different than the, for the south part of Finland. If you compare, like, in where you live, like in Lahti, we have quite nice venues for uh, World Cup races, like in Salpausselka, they have World Cup races, but for the long distance race, skiers i think that lapland is uh best part to do the long distance races in finland because you have like uh those fields and uh for example in levy less we have two different uh whole areas like in ulas is one town and levy is one town and they are mixed together this kind of thing so it's uh of course the whole wilderness area we don't have that much crowded people are on the track and it's basically <laughs> running on the forest. So that's something that is kind of unique. 
Yeah, it has a, a sort of a magic of its own. It's, it's as you said, the wilderness and the uh, uh, the scenario, the the beautiful landscape uh, around that makes Ulas Levy and all the races up north. All same with Reistelöpe and all those uh, northern races, uh, very unique, uh, very different from uh, other races. So probably that's uh, that's one thing. But kind of going back to the little bit of the impact. So uh, as you said, it's good to have a race like this. Uh, definitely has increased the awareness uh, around the country and given a lot of international exposure to f- to Finland and Ulla Slevi and, and and Lapland as as well. Uh, but do you feel, uh, being a former skier yourself, do you feel that it has really improved the long distance skiing culture and the long distance skiing kind of an attitude that we have in this country if if i may say so i think so because uh everyone knows that levy has in world cup in alpine skiing like in finland we all do that know that but now that we have those kind of races in ski classics it's uh quite many in the for example, in Middle Europe, they don't even know that you can ski in during the, that time. Still, cross-country skiing in Finland, because if you are looking the landscape, for example, in Helsinki during the April, it could be like starting to get a like a summer feeling. But if you go up to the north and you have could be have like, like one meter snow, that's something that we should. Uh, let everyone know that we have this kind of special time and uh, special uh, landscape for cross-country skiing. The race also has has a long, but well, not a long history, but a colorful history. Uh, I know because I was actually the first race director, <laughs> the same job that you you have right now. And at that time, you were the uh, the chief of course. And uh, there's a lot of stories to tell. But before we get to that, let's listen to uh, uh, David Nielsen, the CEO of uh, Visma Ski Classics, and uh, let him kind of recall the uh, you know the early days, uh, the first year of the race, and also tell us what makes Ulas uh, Levi a special event. We, we started up Ulyslevi because we were missing Finland in the Visma Ski Classics Pro Tour. For Visma, our title partner, it's an important country for them. They have a lot of employees in in Finland. So having a race there was also a good project for us to work together with our title partner. For us, of course, Finland is is maybe together with Norway where the culture of the, the strength of the cross-country culture is the strongest. So we found the places up there in the, in the north with Janne Pelkonen at that time, the head of Levy Events that, um, you know, decided together that we should, we should do this race, connecting two competitive Alpine resorts of Illes and Levy together, which is normally they are kind of, you know, fighting of the, of the Alpine guests, but now they become, you know, a project for them together, which was fun to see. And being up there in this, uh, you know, rain there country where you you never know what you're gonna see along the track, and it's a it's a fantastic place. But the first year, of course, we we didn't really know what to expect. And I remember uh, halfway of the race, um, I got a telephone call from Thomas Alsgård, then Pro Team Director of Lease Plan, 
And uh, he said, David, you, you know that we were supposed to cross the road. You know that the road crossing is, there's no snow there. It's kind of asphalt. And, and I saw on my map that the skiers were about in full speed with ski and helicopters about three, four kilometers away from this point. And there was basically an asphalt crossing without, that was not covered with snow. So I got hold of the, the chief of competition, uh, a great Finn, and uh, last minute, they started finding snow, and I remember the, all the pro team directors starting with the bare hands to shovel snow to cover the asphalt. And when they passed the skiers, I think the athletes didn't understand. They was just passing a normal road passing, but the people around knew what had happened before. So that's memories from the race perspective. Will be. It's, it's something to afterwards laugh about, but of course, could have been a, a catastrophic situation there. Two uh, races that I remember the most. One is um, the first victory of, of uh, Astrid Elis Lind in the Pro Tour. Uh, the emotion she got when uh, meeting uh, the Santa Claus and getting these shoes around her neck. Um, seeing her expression, because she's been around for many years, but she, she was never before that able to win a race. And since that, she's won a lot of races. And of course, now is a legend. On the male side, I remember New York when this all the talk a couple of years ago, the last time we were there when Eliasson was and New York were pretty similar before the last event. I think Eliasson was a little bit before and it was so tight. Who's going to win the yellow bib? And uh, New York in the end just hammered down everyone else, doing a solo breakaway, winning it and um, showing that at that year who was the king of, of Visma Classic and there was no no question about who was the, the biggest skier. So no, I think that Nygård race and Astrid Slim race, those are, uh, for me, one of two of the top races ever in Vispaski Classics. Mikko, when you listen to David and, and he remembers pretty vividly the first year, <laughs> when we're kind of struggling, I mean, it turned out to be a great race, of course, a beautiful day, a sunny day, and the, you know, the athletes loved it. But we had all kinds of uh, problems, like the one that David just mentioned. Uh, you know, this, the road uh, wasn't covered by snow at that time. <laughs> and also what I remember being at, uh, court, at the race directors that, that when – our race director, Robert Bates, called me in the morning and he said, hey, there's no track at the end of the race. What's going on? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And then I called, panically called you and you were still being uh, chief, of course, still grooming the track. <laughs> and I think it was like six o'clock in the morning. You spent the whole the whole night <laughs> grooming the track. Correct. Yeah, yeah that's correct. Uh, it was, uh, we start grooming around 10 o'clock the whole race. We've, of course, we've been done the start area earlier, but we started grooming the track at 10 o'clock in the evening and we started and, but it was something like minus 18 degrees or something during the night. So it was totally, uh, it was hard like a stone, the whole course. So we need to groom super slowly. So normally we can go, do like, 15 kilometers per hour but now we had to do it like eight kilometers or per hour or something like that and we just uh <laughs> i remember the race started and we were just uh about 10 kilometers from the finish and it was at that point that we didn't have the finish area ready yet but i was pretty confident that we will be able to 
groomed the track all the way to the finish. And uh, they had a track when they came to the finish. So, Yes, they did. And there were all kinds of things. And also I remember the, at the start area, the music, there was a problem with the music and stuff like that. But that, that happens when you start organizing or start putting a big event like this together for the first time. It's not an easy task. It's definitely not a walk in a park by any means. Uh, and we pulled it off. Uh, but now, since you've been there from the beginning, from the start, in different positions, and now you are the race director, uh, how would you kind of describe the kind of the uh, development or the the uh, involvement of the of the race? How different is the organization now compared to the ones when we started out, not really knowing that much about putting together a, a ski race of this scale? Yeah, definitely it's not that easy, but still it's more easy than the first time. The first time is always the hardest one when you have done even one race at all. So uh, the first after the first year, everyone knows what was good and what was bad. And we had a meeting quite, quite a, right after the first race and we discussed and uh, planned together that would what went good and what went that good and uh we know the issues and uh of course we have some improvements for every year and we want to have like we do it like even better but uh the first year was tough like the whole course and uh, all the things that you done like first time it's uh <laughs> it was a challenge but we we made it and speaking of your current job, being the race director, what really goes into it? Uh, of course, when I had your job uh, way back then, it was a bit different because it started out and I didn't even live there. I lived uh, down south, so I kind of have to travel back and forth quite a lot. Uh, but you live close by. Rovaniemi is only a two-hour drive from Levy, uh, Ulas and Levy. Uh, but sort of a daily, particularly now when you're getting into the seasons, what kind of goes into your job what are the responsibilities and kind of the areas that you supervising in uh, by being a race director uh you know been contacting like quite more often to the locals like Juha Vanhanen and uh who is uh the race director of the I mean the venue of the Ulas Levy so mm-hmm. he's more like responsible all the tents and uh, local things like if you wanted to have like uh, some some uh, uh, and he's really experienced he's done uh, the, uh, the World Cup races here in, La- in Lahti and also the World Championships yeah, you know yeah, yeah. And so he, he has a vast knowledge on yeah he knows all of that and he, he's actually doing that kind of stuff and I'm more concerned of the whole race itself and i've been contacting to robert and uh and i'm more responsible of the race race itself for what happened with the pro teams and uh what happened with the grooming and uh and things like that when if you have to cancel the race why why is it so and uh we need to make some changes for the course or delay of the start or something like that. That's my responsibility now. 
And you mentioned earlier, and we all know that uh, a really an interesting fact about the race is that it takes place between these two locations or towns, as you said, uh, but also uh, famous ski resorts, Ullas and Levi, which I think is a bit of an, a unique situation that it's like two competing, competing uh, uh, factors are get, getting together to do an event like this kind of hand in hand. Uh, could you kind of elaborate that a little bit more and, and, and how is it to work with two different uh, ski resorts? Uh, nowadays, they are like pulling the one rope. So we are all doing just Ullas Levy. So there's not, not any issues for that to have like Ullas and Levy. So it's, uh, I think it's even good thing to have like two different spots because now you have like you can get uh, some uh, volunteers helping hands when you have like two different locations Ullas and Levi if you compare just Ullas or just Levi because in, uh, normally during the summertime we don't have that much crowd in Levi or Ullas but during the winter time we have like the population could grow many times than it's normally so i think it's good to have both of those ulas and debbie together and what could be the most difficult part of your job being a race director of, of ulas levy <laughs> of course i'm afraid of uh, some storms or <laughs> that kind of thing so and one thing could be quite tricky if we don't have any snow at the track so then we, we might have like a plan C or D currently going at that point. But this this year it could be, it's even even uh, more, more further to springtime. So it could be a, a big challenge to cross the lakes and things like that. If it's warm, then they could be like... Uh, water over the lake and uh, that could be like a uh, quite tough challenge so basically what you're saying is that it's never really a question of, of lack of snow it's more like the warm temperatures yeah. that uh that we could uh, be hit upon at that time of the year there's always snow up north yeah, yeah that's true but uh like i said uh, those lakes could be like uh quite warm so uh, water over the lake, but we have a plan B, then we don't go to the lake. And now let's take a moment and listen to our uh, pro team athletes, the podium skiers uh, of Ullas Levi. And let's get started with Eivin Muenfjeld, uh, who managed to be third uh, in, in the race, and that was uh, 2019, and that it's still he's first and only podium place so far. Illes Levi is uh, one of my favorite uh, races of the Visma Ski Classic uh, season. Maybe the favorite. Uh, I think it has a really good um, profile uh, having uh, some hills uh, some longer flat, flat parts and uh, uh, a nice course with beautiful scenery and uh, 
and uh, town finish which uh, makes the crowds come out so so um uh Ilusleve is uh, is a beautiful ski race and and of course I have done quite well there so that's also uh reason for it and and it also comes uh, at the in the part of the season that is really good for skiing uh, in uh, in early April it's uh, often nice weather uh the sun is uh, going high on the sky, in the sky and it's uh, warmer temperatures uh so um uh, Ilusleve is uh, is uh, uh my favorite race in in the Wismaski Classic so um hope to see you all there uh in uh, April of 2021 Terve Andreas here uh honestly uh I have to say that Ilus Levi is my favorite race on the whole pro tour uh it is quite long and challenging you have both the flatter parts and the hills and the downhills and usually it's uh, amazing weather in Lapland at that time of the year and at the same time I'm usually in uh, quite good shape also so uh, for me I must say that Ilusleve has been the nicest race of all the last two three years and I'm uh, really looking forward coming up there this year again and hopefully I can uh, repeat some of my previous races and uh, I wish the organizers all the best and I think uh, and hope a lot of recreational skiers will see this as an uh, amazing opportunity for a long and uh, nice way to end uh, a hopefully nice season so uh, best of luck and uh, see you in April Okay, hello everyone. This is Eystein Pettersen, the humble and very happy skier from Norway. I was uh, second at uh, Ilas Levi in 2018. I think I've been top 10 every time I've done the race. And I love the course. I love uh, the scenery. I love uh, the atmosphere. It's, um, it's a really tough and final test for us long distance skier at the end of a long season with a, a competition through the Finnish nature. It's um, I love the fact that it's long and it's hilly in the beginning and then you have a long flat part and then it's really uh, the last, the final 10K is really tough. And then you finish in the center of uh, Levi where you have everything you need for a good uh, after party. So Ilas Levi is one of my favorite races. And now uh, when I'm done with the competitional skiing myself, I'm really looking forward to bringing my family to Ilas Levi and to both do the race and enjoy everything that Levi has to offer. Mikko, when you listen to uh, Nigord and Uwe Mjönfeld and Nysten Pettersen, our great skiers and so forth, how does it make you feel when you really, really hear and, and realize that, gosh, these guys actually really like our race. <laughs> Maybe they are just polite, but of course it's uh, amazing to hear that kind of things because they've been done the, all of the races. Like Östen Petter said, he, he's been done like all the ski classic races and 
even quite many World Cup races. And he says that we are one of the best venues. So that's so nice to hear. Why do you think that they say that? I mean, you said, of course, they could be polite, but I know for a fact that they, they really like the race. And they, most of them, not just these guys, but many others, rank Ulas Levy among the top three uh, events, course wise or the atmosphere wise. But why do you think that's the case? Uh, I think it could be like uh, Finland itself, it's quite unique. So they've been doing races in Norway and they've been doing races in Sweden and uh, in the middle of Europe, but they haven't uh, explored the Finland that much. So uh, for myself, I, I, I would think that that could be one thing. Like when I used to race myself, it's quite a fun to have like a totally new place to have races for of course it's uh, challenging when you don't know the course that well but uh, that could be one thing that they are having like totally new course and totally new landscape and totally new whole venue so I think that could be one thing I think you're right. I mean, that's probably something that I can experience where, uh, when I was a race director and also when I talked to these guys. And they, a lot of them said uh, way back then that they didn't even know much about Ulles or Levy or even the whole Finnish Lapland. And it was kind of a new experience uh, to explore uh, this, this uh, venue, as you said. Uh, so you're right. I think that's uh, probably one, one thing. And, and of course... We've been lucky. It's been always really sunny and nice and beautiful. Of course, that has a lot to do uh, with the success of the race. Of course. Yeah, yeah, that's been helping quite a lot. So then anything else you think, uh, Ulas Levy, is there anything you feel that needs to be done? Or do you think that the race is right now pretty much in a shape that it should be? Uh, if we are growing up, like uh, we have, for example, 3,000 competition in the start, then we might need to think again for the start area. That is it possible to fit all the athletes at the same point. But at this point, we are able to do at least 2,000 athletes at that start point. So. And we'll certainly talk about the future uh, of the race a little bit f- further on uh, towards the end of this this episode. But next, I think it would be interesting to talk about you, Miko, because as I said a few times that you used to be a really good skier. Uh, maybe some of the listeners, some of the audience members out there uh, know or remember your achievements. Uh, but I don't think everybody really realized that. You were pretty close to being being one of the top top skiers in Finland and also in long distance ski. You actually finished your career. It's not that long ago. Was it like two, three years ago? Correct. I think it was 2016. 2016. I remember that year. You were pretty much dominating uh, here in Finland in terms of long-distance skiing. You won pretty much every long-distance ski race in Finland. Won more often in Finland than in, in the ski classic races, but 
I think my top moments were in Finland. But you did uh, participate in some of the uh, some of the Visma Ski Classic races. Uh, Vasalopet, for example, I remember that year was it 2014 at least when you did it. It was a tough year with the conditions and everything. Uh, what were kind of your experiences? Uh, 2004 was my first time in Vasalopet. I was 18 years old, but uh, it was quite a. If I remember correct, I was around 200. Oh, that's pretty good for eighteen-year-old. <laughs> and uh, I was, I think, thirty minutes behind the winner during that time. But it was, uh, I was just uh, my birthday is in January, and uh, of course the Vasalopet is in March, so I will be able to do the race on only two months. So it was quite a challenge for me. But then, of course, uh, in 2014, I think that was a year uh, you did much better. Yeah, a bit better. <laughs> we won a quite big group doing the, at least 80 kilometers. And then the last 10 kilometers were the part where, the, I think, was it Dahl during that time who won? Do you remember? I think so, yes, 2014. Yeah, yeah it was uh, snowing the whole race. and. Uh, of course, that helps to stay in the pack, in the back of the pack. But uh, uh, I couldn't remember the was that was it like forty or something my my result or but it wasn't that far from the leader that year. Yeah, it was only a few seconds behind. I remember remember that. But what was your Based on these experiences that you had from Barcelona, but how would you describe that race? Because it is, of course, often called the king of the ski races. Yeah, I have to say that it's still, even if I'm Ulas Levy, chief of the competition, Barcelona is the chief of the competition. Serious. It is indeed a very, very different race and a legendary race. Yeah. Uh, but you did other races too, Machalonga. Uh, yeah. What else? Jeserska, at least, and König uh, Ludwig Lauf, and Orapiel uh, Sloppet, and uh, I think that was only the ski classic races. Then I've been doing some marathon cup races. I think I'm a little bit better in skating, so at that, that time I did few World Lopet races in and Eurolopet races in skating. And what was your best result or uh, race that you uh, hold dearly? Uh, I think it's Finlandia skiing, the victory. I won it, was it 2016 or something like that? That's the, I think that's the biggest. The biggest race in Finland. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. And then, what about the uh, the other the international races? Uh, nothing special, like uh, maybe top thirty ranks. But I've been doing the best races in Finland, I think. And speaking of those races, you were also, I think it was two thousand twelve, if I remember correctly, you were third at the the Finnish nationals, the fifty kilometer race, back then. Uh, so you got a medal at the nationals. Yeah, that's true. And we have uh, 
pretty tough week during that time. We have the sprint on Friday, and then we have the relay on Saturday. Then we have the 50K on Sunday. And right after that, we went to the Monio up in the north of Finland, and we started the Laponia ski week. And we have like 60 kilometer race in Monday. And then again, on Wednesday, we have the 50 kilometer race. And then on Friday, we have the 80 kilometer race. And in the afternoon, we were participating uh, biathlon relay with Martti Jylhä and Sami Jauhojärvi. So it was quite a tough week for me. I remember that you guys you were crazy. You had like so many, so many races back to back, and and you still did that biathlon. You know, after racing eighty k, you guys did a biathlon race. So yeah. that was that was crazy. I, I have to admit, but but it was fun though. Correct? Yeah, it was fun. It wasn't that fast, but we were having a good time. Way back then, when you were racing, you you also had a you and a bunch of other guys. You had a kind of a you know long distance team as well uh you were you were trying to break through you were trying trying to 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 make it and and do what the teams are now doing uh can you talk about a little bit of the pro- uh, problems or uh hurdles that you faced at that time uh being a long distance skier uh, you of course did both you did standard skiing and uh but you pretty much focused on long distance as well uh, uh kind of the uh, you know the troubles or the the hardship that you had to go through in in your career yeah i think that uh, we could have had like a quite good team for the visma ski classic series but uh, i think the most important thing was most challenging thing was to have like uh, of course the sponsors that we couldn't have that much uh, sponsorships so that we we need to do the normal distance races still and uh it's not possible to do the both of the races so every one of us has to do the normal distance races and then back to the ski classics and we did like only few races with the team and uh that was that was too too hard to pull the two different type of races at the same time so it was a challenge. And was it Ari Lusua in your team as well? Yeah, way back yeah then? it was. And Risto Matti Hakola, who is now, I think, one of the best sprinters in Finland. Not in, not just in Finland, but in the world as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, way back then, did you realize, did you see that Ari will become really one of the top skiers? Was it kind of detectable that, yeah, okay, he's definitely going that direction? Yeah, for sure. He's a tough guy. He's never giving up. So he's like uh, one skier that you not want to have standing on your back when you're skiing the races because he's never going to give up. So that's something that I knew that he would do the If he has a chance to take part of some good teams, he might be able to do a good result. And now he's been there in the podium in the Visma Ski Classic. So that's a quite good improvement of that. And as you said, he just needs a good team now uh, for the upcoming upcoming season or seasons. Uh, he's very close and hopefully we'll get one one good skier. One, He's already a podium skier, but uh, we need, a, of course, uh, from Finland, we need 
star of our own as well. And at one point, you were on, on that uh, road, a route as well. But what kind of happened towards the end? Did you just get tired of skiing or did you just kind of realize that uh, you need to do something else? Or how did you kind of decide that this is the end of the road? Yeah, I noticed that I might be able to maybe do a couple of years kind of same level that I've been able to have some medals in the Finnish national so I might be like and like quite often for places for three to seven so I could have continued like that but I kind of wanted to be the best and I faced the fact that I never been never going to be like better nor took so <laughs> that's something that I decided that now it's my time to quit. When you say that uh, uh, I realized or you realized that uh, it was time to move on, did you feel that you don't have, you, you know, just uh, you've done all you could or what What was kind of the, what were the thoughts in your mind uh, uh, at that time? Because you were really close. I mean, you were one of the top uh, top skiers yeah, at that time. I think that I never going to be like, best skier in the world and that's something that I want to achieve but I face the facts that I'm not going to be that good so that's kind of a fact for me so that's helped me do the decision and then what about training way back uh, then you were also a pretty uh, tough trainer uh, you trained a lot but what what was kind of your focus areas in terms of of, of your training yeah, I used to train with Sami Jauhojärvi quite a lot. We had the uh, same coach, Reijo Jylhä, and we both live in Rovaniemi. The first few years when I started to train with him, it was quite good for me because I had to train with the best, and he was best in Finland. And uh, I had to push like 110% in every training, so that made me quite a good skier for those years but uh, the first I think the first two years were the best ones but then I became a little bit closer to Sami and uh, those trainings with him were more easily for me than they used to be so that pushed me the first two years up and after that it wasn't that good training it was like good training but not that good like it used to be that's interesting, actually, because, of course, Sami uh, used to be one of the best skiers in the world. And we all remember him and Evo uh, winning the, you know, the, the Olympic gold and also the uh, you know, the bronze medal here in uh, at the World Championships Chip Games uh, in, in Lahti. It's interesting when you say that uh, that at some point you felt that it wasn't it wasn't actually advancing your your career anymore. Was there anything you could have done differently? Yeah, being like Ivan Iskanen, he, he's training like himself and still he's world number one in classic. But I think I get used to have like a training partner in every training and every have like sparring. It's uh, challenging after that words when Sami moved to Lahti and I stayed in Rovaniemi and I started training again just for myself 
it was tough and I couldn't that uh, I, I don't know how to say it, but it was quite a big change for me because you were so used to you know yeah, yeah. working with him yeah. doing things with him having a partner partner in that sense yeah. doing the trainings and but suddenly actually, you were kind of soloing yeah but actually the last season was still one of the best seasons for me even though it felt during the training season that i couldn't do anything and i just compare every training that when i'm doing this with sami it was so much better than but still the season was good for me and i ended like uh three wins in a row in Laponia ski week so it was quite a fun fact for and funny way to end up my career yes funny you should you should say that let me say funny way because myself included we're all kind of surprised when you announced your retirement because the, the last season was really good and a lot of people, I think, were uh, hoping or thinking that you will continue and even improve and finally maybe even make it. But then suddenly you kind of uh, finished uh, on the top. Yeah, that could be like uh, when I've done the decision a bit earlier, uh, it could be helping like uh, I'm more relaxed on the races. I know that these are my last races, so that could push me a little bit further in that way did that decision come uh, before the se the last season started or during the season during the season yeah any particular moment you just realized this is it uh, not any particular it just uh, came to my mind that it's helping uh, getting the feeling was getting uh, more and more in that way and what were the greatest things that you got, you know, from skiing? Of course, training with Sami, uh, learning things from him. But now when you kind of recall those days, what are the kind of the fondest memories you have? Uh, the best memories I had, like, uh, well, of course, the training camps with uh, the best guys that I can have, like uh, like with Sami. And, of course, uh, I wasn't every year at the national team so we had quite of like uh get the own group build it up and uh we had like Risto Matti Hakola and Karibaris and Vesa Kallio and guys like that when we trained together with the just that kind of dream team that we wanted to have and we could do the training like we wanted to do it and nobody is saying that now you should go there and have the training camp there or something like that. So we were, I think the best memories are from leaving, you know, one, one host place in Ski Classic also, but we've been having like, I would say at least five to 10 times training camps in leaving now. So I think that's best part of in training. And of course, during the races, I'm part of the walk at the ski team and we kind of have like uh, very good relays in Finland. So I'd say that we have won, was it 18 times? Suomen Cup, the Finnish National Cup relays and uh, 
then also the national championships in relay we were able to win it quite often so those are like the best memories and of course they are with Ivo and Marti and Sami so that's uh, nice nice memories nice memories and a lot of accolades and, and great achievements do you ever miss those dates or those days yeah i miss those training camps and of course the when i'm looking at tv some some relays when they are not doing that well then i'm feeling a bit that maybe we should do it again but it's just uh, one second time that i'm feeling that way then it's gone so you haven't really considered any kind of a comeback, even in, in kind of a, and in, in a lower level that maybe just doing some long distance races just for fun. Yeah, I've been doing like uh, like in Marcia Longa. I was a few years ago there, and uh, I've been hoping to ski Ullas Levi some year, but I'm always busy <laughs> during that time. It's quite funny, but of course, uh, like afterwards, there's uh, Laponia Ski Week. So it has been sometimes right after the Ulles Levy. So that's kind of a fun race for me. So I could just uh, have some race races and uh, racing suit on and having fun. What else do you do besides uh, being a race director for Ulles Levy? Uh, nowadays I'm working in Intersport in Rovaniemi. I'm, uh, selling skis and uh, preparing skis and grinding skis and mostly working with cross-country quite a lot. So in my responsibilities, uh, buy all the skis inside of the shop and then for sure it's uh, my job also to sell them out to the customers. So that keeps you busy, uh, that work, and of course, the uh, your responsibilities, you know, for Ulles Levy. And before we wrap up this uh, episode, uh, let's talk about the future a little bit, your future and the kind of the future perspectives uh, for Ulles Levy. You just told us that uh, you work at, at Intersport, you know, this sports store. Uh, you are also the race director, but sort of in a long term, five year, what is your five year plan? What do you want to achieve? Where do you want to be? I haven't think that yet. I'm pretty satisfied for this point, like what I'm doing in Ulles Levy and what I'm doing in Intersport. So I'm quite happy. I, I don't have any change plans to change anything at this point. Maybe I'm five year older and maybe a bit stronger that time I'm starting the my CrossFit career and <laughs> just for fun for myself but hopefully I'm a bit more more power than nowadays uh, what about family insight is that <laughs> in your <laughs> in your plans uh, I have a dog and girlfriend that, that's at this point they are enough for me well, that's good. You know, dog and a girl, you can walk them both. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead and walk them both. Uh, Ulas Levy, uh, the future uh, for that particular event. How, yeah. do you, how do you, can, if you have a crystal ball in your hand, what do you see? I hope we are getting 
bigger every year, like uh, more people coming to Ylaslevi area and uh, gonna have like, uh, let's say in five years, it could be like 10,000 spectators or <laughs> nothing like that. But at least if we could have like 10,000 participating in the Ylaslevi in five years, that will be my goal. And then what about uh, cross-country skiing uh, in Finland, uh, the future of, of the sport? I hope that we can have like uh, at least a few more pro teams in Ski Classic and of course in the World Cup, the FIS World Cup, we've been doing the quite good. I hope it stays the same because they are both helping each other with the skiing sport itself it's going good and we get a good results it will help both of them to achieve and uh, kind of uh, push Norway they are always the one who are in top and top of the FIS World Cup and in top of the ski classic so hopefully we will be able to kind of uh, challenge them even more often and then finally, the future of Abisma Ski Classics. Uh, are there any things that you'd like to see taking place? Uh, any developments? Any new? There's always been new ideas, but uh, any other? Uh, or any ideas that you might have uh, for Abisma Ski Classics? Uh, not at this point. Uh, of course, some skating races could be fun to have, and uh, it's totally different guys who could be in the top we have some skating races so that's something that could be one of the future things and then finally uh, what would you like to say to those people that are still considering the option to participate uh, uh, in Ulles Levy what is your final sales pitch to those skiers yeah you can definitely come yeah, it's uh, the whole course itself. It's uh, even if it's tough and a uh, long course, you will be able to do it. And because there's a feeding station and around ten kilometers, and at that point you can get uh, some refreshment after that, and also you can get a help from the waxing points there are in Ullasjärvi. And Akaslampolo, uh, you can get a help from the if your skis are not working that good. So, uh, and there's a lot of people around you, so you're not alone there. So, there's nothing to be afraid of. And of course, the feeling after the finish line is something that you want to experience. That is indeed a great sales pitch, and it is a great, wonderful race, uh, Ulles Levi. Uh, the final one uh, at, uh, in our pro tour uh, taking place in mid-April. Thank you very much, Miko. It was really a pleasure to, to talk to you. And good luck with the race. Good luck with your job. And good luck with your life. And uh, I think you got to go and, and walk your dog. Thank you. Yeah, I will do that. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.